Lizzie Simpson. Welcome to the 55 Redefined podcast. Join us as we chat to experts and bring you tailored advice and insights to help you live your most fulfilled lives. We also showcase the stories of entrepreneurs, leaders, creatives, philanthropists, scientists, lobbyists, and everyday people who all, after the age of 55, are living their most dynamic lives and making their biggest impact. I'm delighted to be joined by Brian Adcock here today. Um, 55 Redefined are the sponsor of the Over 50s races at the Hever Castle series on the 25th and 26th of September. Brian is a very interesting founder and race uh, director of these series, having come from being in the commandos to being a pilot in a helicopter and a whole range of other sporting challenges. So Brian, very welcome to you on this podcast. And The first question I'm going to ask you is to tell us a little bit about your career journey and how you've got to doing what you're doing today from such an interesting background. I've never been described as interesting before, so um, here goes. I'll try and be interesting. So, yeah, no, I've been, I was quite lucky, but I think with a lot of things, you make your own luck, don't you? So um, I went to Loughborough University, did a sports degree, but the Marines were sponsoring me, so it didn't need too much academic rigour. And then I joined the Marines in 1991 as an officer, and then I had an eight-year career. Um, you get an opportunity to specialise in a particular trade if you if you so choose and, and have the aptitude for it. And I was lucky enough to have a pilot that flew in the Royal Air Force, sorry, a father who flew in the Royal Air Force as a pilot. Um, and so I, I'd always had an interest and been up in light aircraft and thought that it might be a nice thing to go and do when I joined the Marines. So um, I did the um, helicopter course and um, became um, first of all a gazelle pilot and then a lynx pilot and was then part of the Royal Marines um, flying squadron for three years which was a fantastic experience so wherever the Royal Marines brigade went I I went with it as a pilot and we were the brigade's anti-tank asset for what it was worth I mean albeit we were flying around in helicopters that had 1970s missiles strapped to the sides of them which you know, as long as we weren't fighting anybody with any great technical sort of defense strategy, we were fine. But um, no, we had, I had a great time. And um, I, I went off to uh, junior division staff college and um, we started talking about strategy and military strategy and tanks rolling across the Russian planes. And I just thought this is not for me. So um, I put my notice in and then came outside. So that was phase one of my career. And I, I thought, well, what do I want to do? I, I definitely knew I didn't want to fly commercially. Um, which was one of the um, options open to me. But um, I did have the opportunity um, to take up one of my passions um, as a career in sport. And I joined a sports marketing company called the London Events Agency, who um, looked after things like BT Swimathon and the Nike 10K Run and loads of sort of mass participation um, events. And so I kind of learned my commercial spurs with them for a couple of years And then, like any self-respecting ex-Royal Marines officer, decided that I wanted to set my own company up. So in 2001, we set up Matrix Events Limited. And um, for eight years or nine years, we did a lot of work for a lot of other people and corporates, people like um, I used to work for the London Event Agency and help them put on the Nike 10K and um, the Battersea Park Run and... Um, we set up our own 10K run at Legoland and did various other corporate um, sort of gigs, most of them in the events um, space. And then in 2009, we had the opportunity to set up a triathlon at Hever Castle, which is a couple of minutes down the road from where I live and only about 10 minutes from the office. It was just, a, we were really lucky. We hit something at completely the right time 
um, where it was changing from becoming a niche sport into the mainstream. And um, so in the first year at Hilo, we sold out the number of places that we'd restricted ourselves to, um, which was a thousand places um, and did that in about a month with very limited sort of marketing capability or know-how and sort of realized that we were onto something. So the following year, I found another three castles that could um, uh, host the series. Um, and then a couple of years after that, I found one out in Ireland. So we ended up with a five castle series, um, which now has grown into the biggest race series in Europe. And um, it's kind of the mainstay of our business, although we still do other corporate jobs and get asked to do various things in the sort of sports mass participation sphere for uh, for corporates. But, um, you know, my our main business is, is castle race series now, and um, it seems to keep us fairly gainfully employed and uh, a few other people besides. Well, I, I can understand that. My understanding is that you've got over 6,500 competitors at the one in September and over 10,000 spectators. So that's quite an event to organise, particularly in a COVID year with social distancing and, and changing regulations. Has that really thrown a spanner in the works this year? Yeah, I mean, we I guess it'll be our, I think our ninth socially distanced event that we put on. So we managed to put Heaver on last September. It only had 4,000 people and... Uh, we were restricted to one spectator per person, so 4,000 spectators. But we've subsequently put on another four events this year. We've got another two events before um, the Heaver Castle event. So we've kind of got it off to a fairly fine art now. And we're lucky because, A, they're not publicly owned spaces. Um, and so they're all privately owned castles, which really helps in terms of um, not having to deal with too many stakeholders. And they're all very big as well. And so um, socially distancing, if you manage the space properly, is not so difficult for us as it would be for somebody that was trying to put it, you know, a, a large event on in a much smaller space, which, um, you know, which does happen. So we're quite we're quite lucky, really. Um, but uh, we've worked hard at it. And, um, you know, we've got a good system now and people feel pretty safe racing with us. Um, and we, um, you know, so far, touch wood. Um, everything has, has gone to plan. You are in your early 50s um, and, and heading towards the magic 55 milestone uh, where you can uh, join us as a member. Um, what's your feeling about yes. hitting that milestone? You know, Do you foresee more adventures to come? Do you see yourself slowing down? I mean, we're all about accelerating and, and, and embracing new things in midlife. What do you see the next kind of five, 10 years holding for you? Well, um, I think you know, there's definitely unfinished business with um, Castle Race Series. And I'd like to get that into a position where I can see a sort of good exit that rewards the work that I've done and everybody everybody else has done within the company. So we're kind of working towards that over the next, I don't know, five to 10 years, say. And then um, hopefully um, I'll have created enough of a pot in terms of pension to be able to do, do things that um, are perhaps more fun and, um, and explore a few of the other areas that I have inter interest in. For example, um, I am a keen sailor and my wife and I would like to buy a second-hand boat, refurbish it, and sail off around the world for two or three years. Um, so that's the kind of thing I'm looking forward to when I've got a bit more time and money. I haven't been flying for 20 years as well, and, and um, you know I really enjoyed my time flying in the Marines, and I've got my private pilot's license. I fly fixed-wing as well as helicopters, but I haven't flown for 20 years because I've had kids, no time, no money, and, and now I can see a, a point where... I'll have more time, more money to go and do some of those those things. So in terms of embracing 55 um, and fitness, a lot of people come to us and say, really, you know, I, you know, unless I've been doing this time of endurance sports and challenges in my younger self, 
why on earth would I start, you know, when my knees are hurting and my ankles are cracking to suddenly put myself through such kind of an endurance of event? So what would you be saying to somebody who perhaps has never done a triathlon, but is thinking of, you know, stepping into fitness or stepping up to putting themselves through one of these challenges? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I think triathlon is quite unique because obviously there's three elements to the sport. And I think people, particularly at our age, you know, joints begin, begin to wear out. But triathlon does give you a break from just plodding on a tarmac road every day uh, for six days a week and so um, I think the you know the multi-sport aspect of it is a bit of a, a game changer in a lot of respects and then secondly it's not a sport where you're going to feel alone or a bit stupid Do you know what I mean I, 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 I still play rugby and um, I am now getting to the point where I'm feeling a little bit old and slow and a bit silly when I'm playing with the younger lads um although we you know we play with a, in a vet side but some of the blokes have just turned 36 you know which is the sort of vets threshold for rugby um but triathlon is definitely not like that because there's a whole cohort of people that um you know have taken the sport up quite often in their 40s when they've got a bit more time um and they've seen themselves improve gradually over the course of a number of years and um you know as as you get um older more people perhaps drop out of the sport and so even though your times are going down, you get you finish, um, a, you know, a sort of higher place, as it were, um, in your particular age group. So I think there's lots to be said for doing it. And, you know, particularly with the way that we set the events up, um, you don't get exposed because there are so many people competing at any one time. You don't, you don't know whether you're first, last or in the middle of your field. Um, you're just out there doing your thing and your time gets recorded at the start and the finish. And then the results get posted post event, as it were. So we've got people who are champions in their age group for not only Great Britain and Europe, but at the same time, we've got people are doing their first ever triathlon. And so, you know, it's it's, um, it's staged in, in such a way that um, nobody feels like they're, um, you know, feeling silly, perhaps like I do on the rugby pitch these days. That's really helpful. And I suppose because someone who hasn't been to that before, they might be imagining the, the walk of shame through the finish line when everybody's finished, you know, 20 minutes before them. But, you know, I, I remember a friend of mine um, training really hard for the London Marathon and, and getting a great time, but being absolutely dismayed. He was overtaken by a giant banana um, and, uh, and, it, and it kind of killed his ambition. So it sounds like you've got that nailed in terms of staggering the events and the time. So it feels competitive. You get the adrenaline, but you don't get any... Yeah. humiliation or, or, or negative impacts through that competition. So I was going to say, you know, we re- reward each age group. So it's not just an open category. We have um, uh, awards for 50 and over, 40 and over and um, 60 and over. And we call them the vets, the super vets and the ultra vets. And so they're, you know, they are just as interested in getting on the podium as somebody who, who's won the open category, you know, although they happen at different times of the day, you know, they're, they're, they're given exactly the same medal ceremony and prize giving ceremony as the guys who are, are, are perhaps sort of you know just up there or just behind the brownies in terms of their competitive um, times but um, you know it doesn't matter to us. And do you still compete yourself Brian? So you obviously you mentioned you play rugby do you actually participate in the triathlons yourself? No um, I don't just because they're too big now and um, if I was halfway around the cycle course and there was a, a major accident it wouldn't look good in the incident log um, but I do compete in other people's races. So I'm, I do a bit of ultra distance running um, and I've done things like the Atacama Desert Crossing, um, the Marathon de Sable, which more people have heard of. And um, I did a 50 miler last year on my 50th birthday um, just because um, I needed to mark something special in a fairly grim year. 
um, with uh, everything else that was going on around us. And for those that aren't so into their races, what do you mean by some of these ultra competitions and, and the desert competitions? Can you just bring a little bit of light around what they yeah. involve, how many people, how what the distance is? Sure. So, I mean, ultra running is basically anything that's over a marathon. I don't think anyone's ever you know, clearly defined it. But typically, an ultra run would be a 50-miler or a 100-mile race. Um, and they would take place over the course of either one day or a weekend. Um, there's a few of them around the UK, but the ones that are, are really well known are the UMTB, which is the Ultra uh, Marathon of Mont Blanc, uh, Ultra Trail Marathon Mont Blanc, I think it is. Anyway, um, which is a, 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 um, a massively well-attended event. And then you have much longer stage races, which tend to take place over seven days. And um, the Marathon de Sable is the obvious one that people have heard of. Um, it's moved location a couple of times, but it's in the Sahara Desert, and you basically do a marathon a day for the first three days, then a double marathon, then a marathon, then a rest day, then a half marathon. Um, so it's a continuous um, sort of, it's not pain really, it's just, uh, you know, you have to be, to enjoy it, you have to be, you know, properly prepared and, uh, and expect to get a bit of sand in your shoes. And do you do these just to set yourselves new and interesting personal challenges or are there any charity partners involved that you particularly run for? That 50 miler that I did last year, uh, Macmillan were our, uh, is my charity partner, but no, for no other reason than they are our national charity par- partner for Castle Race Series and they had a particularly bad la- year last year because of everything related to cancelling of events and, and uh, all that sort of stuff. But um, no, I think it's just an internal mechanism that drives me on to just keep challenging myself try and to try and beat the younger blokes and stay for as fit and you know as fit and able as i as i possibly can i've got half an eye on on doing a really silly challenge which um i've read thousands of books about but um haven't managed to get enough time and uh, money together to go and do it but um basically put on an expedition to walk to the south pole from the edge of the the landmass it's about a 30 day um, polk hall so you carry all your kit on a sledge that you drag behind you um, and like I've done with a lot of these things over the years I basically find the uh, the five fittest blokes on the planet and just um, make sure that I was dragged along by them but it's, it's, it's a lot of chat at the minute there's no real planning that's gone uh, into actually doing that expedition but it's, it's certainly something that um, is within my capability if I can uh, just find the time and the money. It's just so refreshing to hear somebody talking about such extreme challenges in their midlife rather than thinking this is just a reserve for somebody in their 20s and 30s because obviously this is what we're all about and, and, and we're seeing examples of this through all of our members and all of our conversations. It just doesn't seem to be reflected in the, the world around us. So you switch on a TV and the advertisers and the media messages that particularly hit over 50s and over 55s are still quite stereotypes, cliches about getting older. Um, Have you ever found that companies and people treat you differently because of your age or have you not encountered that yourself because you've been putting yourself out there so much? Yeah, I've not come up against that prejudice um, just yet, I have to say. But then in my own head, I still think I'm 35. So um, that probably goes a long way to, you know, how people respond to you. Um, So, no, it's not something I've, I've bumped into just yet. In terms of then being able to do these challenges, staying fit is different to obviously just setting yourself a challenge. And and there are 
you know, as we get older, there are more physical elements around nutrition and around looking after joints, body, etc. Have you got any tips or things that work particularly for you, um, for um, our members that are particularly getting into fitness and wanting to remain kind of at peak performance for longer? Yeah, so I, I mean, everyone keeps talking to me about yoga and Pilates. I haven't actually started it yet, but I know that I need to do it because my joints are getting st- stiffer by the day. Um, so I think that's definitely something that everyone should take up. And I promise next time we have a chat, I'll have, I'll have started it. But I think just, you know, just doing lots of different sports. Um, and, um, you know, so I'm quite lucky because I've got access to these things. But I had to do a water sample on Monday for the Heva Lake for our com- competition in five weeks time. So instead of paying somebody else to do it, I go, I blow up my paddleboard and paddleboard around the lake on on a a Monday morning. And that's my routine for the next six weeks in the run up to the event because we have to take water water samples every week. Um, And I enjoy golf and I played golf this morning. um, And um, my wife is um, doing a, a charity walk and I'm going for a walk with her this evening and so on. So, you know, just mix it up as best you can so that you're using every single body and body part that you've got and um that seems to that seems to maintain a sort of you know a reasonable amount of fitness so that i i'm perhaps yeah i don't look 51 on the rugby pitch apparently i'll take that compliment <laughs> so going back to the heaver um, castle race series which obviously you know we're delighted to be partnering with you in september for somebody who hasn't been yeah. to one of these events before either as a competitor or as a spectator what can they expect you know what's the format what kind of races have you got going on is there anything else for spectators going on yeah so um, I think there are 27 different races that you could take take part in so there's a triathlon of various distances we do a starter triathlon which um, is a 200 meter swim a 14 kilometer cycle and then a 2k run so that's kind of the smallest triathlon and then you could go all the way up to a half iron distance, which is a 1.9 kilometer swim, 90k cycle, and then a half marathon at the end of it. So that's kind of the triathlon bit. Then you could, if you don't fancy um, swimming or cycling, you can just do a run only and we do a 10k, a half marathon and a marathon. If you want to just swim, we do a mile, a two and a half k and a 5k swim. Then we do various multi-sports. So you can do a duathlon, you can do an aquathlon or you can do uh, an aqua bike. So you can just drop one of the three sports in, in any of those. So there's a whole host of different races that um, that you can do. Um, and then as a spectator, uh, Heaver Castle is a stunning venue in its own right. So you could spend a whole day there without, regardless of whether you were doing a triathlon or not, or um, if you brought your spectators to come and watch you when you're out on the cycle course, they can go and explore the castle for a couple of hours whilst you're out there and then come back and see you on the run. And then, we provide a whole bunch of things for uh, children. So if you've got grandkids or kids that um, are of that particular age, then there's archery, inflatables, and um, a climbing wall. We put on a, a series of bands on the main stage. So there's a really nice festival atmosphere. There's a bar, obviously, and a champagne bar, very important. And then very there's important. a whole trade village where a host of different um, people in there, from triathlon kit suppliers to um, people that are just selling different types of um, stuff that you might find in the shops anywhere else, you know, um, a sort of market stall area. Um, So there's plenty to come and see and do. Um, And um, even if you're not competing as a spectator, you can have have a fantastic day out. Obviously, this is going to be going out at the beginning of September, this podcast, um, a few weeks just before the event at the end of September. Uh, Will you still have tickets at that point or are you restricted on numbers again? 
no, um, we're not restricted on numbers, so tickets will still be available. And um, yeah, we we've got a fair few to go before we'd even consider restricting entry. So please sign up, um, and you can find us on www.castleraceseries.com. Um, so going back to you personally, um, obviously you've always had fitness as a big part of your life. You know, starting at Loughborough and, and doing sports, and and I can't imagine that it was just too easy being in the Marines. Um, at, you know, fairly hardcore um, from what you see and hear about that. Um, have you found that there's been any benefits to your fitness through growing older? You know, if you compare your younger self to where you are now, is you know, is it that you kind of hark back to those years that you were in your twenties, or is there something that's changed? You think, Do you know, what actually this is better now in this next period of life? Yeah, unwittingly, you end up with a really strong core because you play all these different sports and then you join the Marines and you're forever climbing up ropes and going on runs with kit and everything else. But I think having a good core through my 20s has really helped me um, going into, you know, 30s and 40s, where a lot of people start struggling with um, back pain and, you know, joints generally. Um, So that has definitely helped. And that's something that, you know, I guess unwittingly, I still work quite hard on. Um, and it and is really important. I mean, it define core is sometimes quite hard to to actually pin down what what that is. But um, uh, whatever whatever the core is, I feel that I've, I've still managed to sort of keep hold of it. Um, and it means that I perhaps don't get as injured as as um, often as I might do, particularly playing rugby, which. Um, is a stupid thing to do at my age, but I can't help myself. Well, for me, kind of a parting note, Brian, is is a little bit around the future. Um, you've obviously alluded to the fact that you've got a, you know a, a just a, you know just a little three year sail around the world thing in your mind. Um, you know, maybe maybe take up flying again. Um, you know, it's, if I fast forward this ten years and we're chatting again, you know, what do you think realistically you've got under your belt in terms of some new challenges that you haven't yet experienced? Or by that stage, well, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'd be expecting my kids, I've got three kids, to be producing grandchildren. So I might have calmed down a little bit, little bit by then and, uh, and be kind of focusing on on helping them bring up their little families. But um, I don't know, what will I be? I'll be, yeah, I suppose I'd be 61. There'd be still plenty of life in me. I'll, I'll come up with some more nonsense, I'm sure. Well, it's been absolutely super chatting to you, Brian. Thank you so much. We are dead excited about being your partner at Heaver Castle at the end of September. And we are cheering on all of the over 50s in all of their different race categories. And we'll be there with a little goodie bag at the end. Um, but um, but thank you so much for your time. And we look forward to seeing you in September. Thanks, Lindsay. And um, we're delighted to have you as a partner. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the 55 Redefined podcast. Visit www.55redefined.com to discover inspiring stories, tailored advice and motivating ideas. Join us on this journey to change the way the world views life after 55.